Hello everybody and welcome to this week's official Everton podcast for our official Everton members. My name's Darren Griffiths, I'm at USM Finch Farm with Ian Snowden and also Everton Football Club's Head of Recruitment, Martin Waldron. If I can start with you, Snodds, you've been involved at every conceivable level of professional football and recruitment is just about everything. Yeah, the manager, especially in the modern game, uh, relies heavily now on uh, the recruitment. Uh, he's got a director of football as well. So uh, recruitment is a massive, massive part of any football club. How long have you been at Everton Football Club now, Martin? Uh, just on 24 years now. And how did it start in the first place? Uh, I come from local junior football. I run a team a uh, long time ago with a couple of good players in Leighton Baines, Ryan Taylor, David Nugent. So wasn't a bad, well, bad not, group. Not too bad, Martin. <laughs> um, were they, to be fair, pal? <laughs> No, they were a good team and I, I was approached by uh, Everton uh, and invited in to come and scout for them and it quickly developed. Uh, I, d- I don't know why, but it just seemed to be atta- uh, attract a lot of good players at the time. So It's still a long journey, Snods, is it, when a young boy walks through the gates of Finch Farm or any other training ground, whether it be 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, there's a, there's a long way to go. For me, uh, personally, I know I'll upset Martin a little bit, but 6 and 7, probably a little bit too early, but... I see them and I enjoy what the coaches do with them. Uh, they seem to run into Finch Farm as well, the kids, because they're desperate to put their kit on and go out there and do the things that the coaches are asking. And uh, yeah, we're different in my time. As uh, we, we, there were none of this. There were not a academy football. It was like you play with your school team, you play with your Sunday league team, and then go as a schoolboy, probably at. 14 to go and train with it with me with Doncaster Rovers so uh, yeah the facilities the kids have got here and uh, puts a lot of pressure on the parents it really does um, to to have him here uh, three times a week and probably a little match on a Sunday as well so uh, got to praise the the parents as well for the time that they're putting a lot of commitments isn't it from the from the families behind the player Martin it is and, and none of the players are going to get there without the family support I've seen that down the years and as Ian's alluded to, like six and seven seems young, but actually we've got them at four and five, uh, and it's like the earlier you get them, the better. How do you spot a player when he's four or five years of age? You're always looking just for that natural ability. I think most players are born with it, apart from me. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're born with it, and they're natural. They just look natural footballers, and you're looking for the other stuff that goes with it, but you're not going to see all that in one go. So you invite them in, have a look at them, and then progress them into the main group. What sort of sessions do they do, four and five year olds? Is it literally just a case of throw the ball on the pitch and let them run after it? No, no, no. It, it, it's it's made fun, but constructive for them. So they come in every every session, it's 15 minutes on the wall, left foot, right foot, striking, receiving. Uh, design games so that it's still fun for them, but they're learning. Uh, at Evan, I think we, it's a re- good reputation that we push them. As young as we get them, we push them, but they enjoy it and it's fun. Yeah, that's it's so important, does that then kids go away from this, from the session that, the, that they've just had with a smile on the face and, and they go and tell the, the pals at school and they, they talk to the parents going home and how, how much fun that they have had, but more importantly, on what they've learnt as well. Uh, even, uh, Martin said, at four and five, uh, I know my grandson's uh, six, little Leighton, and uh, he's been sessions at Doncaster and he gets me on the phone and he tells me what he's learnt. So, uh, yeah, I think it's important that they, they have got a smile on their face, they do enjoy it, but they're also learning, even though it is at that younger age. What's it like when you're watching a, a school game or a random junior game and you see a player and you think, wow, who's that? You get excited, you've got a, a computer in your head of who you've seen at them ages and you can compare and yet you do get excited and you're hoping he's not with anyone else. 
And, if he, and what if he is? Uh, well, if, if he's signed with someone, then we're not allowed to speak to them. That's always been the case as well, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. Uh, football's been that way from all the time I, I've known it. And uh, yeah, but it must be frustrating if uh, you do see a little gem and he's already with a club. Uh, that must be the most frustrating thing. But I've got a big belief in Ed Everton's academy that we've got the best in the country. I, I know I'm biased. I know we're all biased sat around this table, but uh, I would like to think that the opportunities that young players have had at Everton Football Club, everybody will look around and think, that's the place for me to uh, send my son and let him develop into a, into a, hopefully a footballer. Can you still scout at that level, Martin? Because people probably know who you are now. And my interpretation of scouts when I was a kid was a, someone with an overcoat, the collars turned up and a flat cap, incognito. Uh, no, we've got rid of the flat cap. No, <laughs> couldn't find ones to fit you. <laughs> we're still, we're still I, I try and encourage our scouts to wear the, the tracksuit and the coats because I think uh, a visible presence is better. Because people come up to you and say, have you looked at such a body on the other pitch? And I think it's a good way of scouting it and doing it properly. And, and you're open and transparent that you know that you're a proper scout. Martin, does it make the, does it make the kids that are playing a little bit nervous if they see a scout with a Liverpool coat on, with an Everton coat, with a Man United coat? Does, as it, as does it make them nervous? I actually say no, because yeah. uh, they've been around them since they're like the six and seven, they're playing... There's enough scouts around here from that many clubs in the northwest that it's second nature now. So I don't mm. think it does now. I enjoy reading autobiographies of, of ex-players, and more often than not, back in the 60s, 70s, maybe the 80s, it would be a case of I was sitting in the house and a scout from Everton came round, or a scout from Liverpool or Manchester United came round and knocked at the door and asked to speak to me, Dad. Is that still the process? Well, hopefully, don't let them leave pitch sides without the details <laughs> now. <laughs> so I, I think in football, it. Uh, an hour's too late. You, you've got to do what you've got to do uh, when you've seen them, because someone else could go around the house and, and, and nip in, and they'll sign them for another club. So you've got to be slick at this nowadays and get it done quick. Is, is there ever an age where you think, no, a player's missed the boat? Somebody come come up to you and say, I've got a great player here. He plays for Saint So and So's on a Sunday morning. He's 14. Would you think to yourself, mm, he'd have been spotted by now? You think that, but you still got to follow it up because you can't find him late. So. Mm. Yeah, no, we, we still send every we get we get emails all the time for <clears throat> sixteen, seventeen, eighteen year olds. We still watch them. I'm glad you said that, Martin, because some players don't develop till the twenty one, some kind of players, but to be discarded at thirteen, fourteen and said, Well, he hasn't been picked up, he's not gonna be really good enough. Now for me, I, I like that reply because I think um kids can develop very late, even in the teens as well. So uh, no, I think um, if you've got some ability, uh, no matter if you haven't been picked up at six, up to 14, just keep trying. And I'm sure somebody along the way, if you're good enough, will will pick you up. Well, uh, I can tell you a story going back to Kieran Dow. His uncle emailed in mm. and it got stuck in, in the system at Goodison. All the emails got divided up and all the football come to me. Uh, and I sent Johnny Hunter uh, and Jack Birch went along to watch Kieran Dow. And we brought him in and I got a phone call saying, you better get down to to <laughs> Belfield at the time. So I was seeing him. I went, wow, mm. you know. And I made a call that people thought was stupid at the time, but I actually thought you played for the first team mm. at the time. And I told everyone, one of the best kids I've ever seen, and he did. Mm. And when he he made his debut, my phone went on meltdown. What a lucky guess and what a good guess. You know, it wasn't mm. a guess. It's mm. that computer in your head. You know, 
what you're looking for. Is that, is that a great feeling, Martin, when you've known a kid from, like, as you said, they come in at six-year-old upwards, and we've had many through our academy, to actually see him play then in a first-team game? You must be, and the rest of the coaching yeah. staff that have worked with them over the years, must be a very, very proud moment. Yeah, it is. It's proud. It probably lasts 24 hours because then you get a knock on the door. Who's the next one? Yeah. <laughs> you, have to, you have to move on. But yeah, it's it's great. I mean, I called Kieran in after his first game and we had a, a chat in the office. And, you know, I said, I'll also, you know, push in and, and be, if it, it needs to be critical, I will, I would do and mm. tell him where he needs to improve. But the kid had a, a great head on the shoulders. So. Martin, tell us about Benny Beningamy and the role that you played in his development, or his recruitment, should I say, for Everton Football Club. Yeah, uh, it's a funny story. It was uh, uh, Alan McCormick, who's passed away, he's one of my senior scouts, uh, along with John Poland and my son Joel. They were at a tournament in Bersco, and he brought a boy in called Devan Bingley, which is his brother. Um, he he went he signed for Everton, and his dad said to Joel, Joel has a good relationship, good manner with the parents, and... He said, his brother's better. So Joel asked me, could I bring him in? I said, yeah, go on. Put him in the game, and uh, after the game, we signed him. So mm. as simple as that. It was. And what I, a moment for the family, Snods, when Divin makes his Wigan Athletic debut, mm. and then the following day, Benny makes his Everton debut. Yeah, I know how proud my dad were uh, to have two sons playing uh, league football uh, and Premier League football, because we both played in the Premier League as well. So I, I know how proud my dad were. So I'm just putting... Uh, Benny's dad in my dad's situation, and uh, yeah, to have to have two sons playing football is fantastic. But I want to talk about our Benny, uh, the Everton player that I think he's got all the ability uh, to become a top top midfield player uh, for Everton Football Club. He doesn't seem phased by anything. Uh, he relishes a title. He relishes competition, and uh, I think he's here for many years to come. What a nice kid as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're all. I think that's one of the key strengths of our academy is they're brought up the right way mm. and they're well mannered. And again, it's getting that opportunity to play. There's lots of players in the, in this club that are good enough. It's just getting the opportunity, and we tend to give more an opportunity than, than other clubs. Mm. Do you have to follow up every single tip off that you get? Because you must get people ringing up saying, "I found the next Lionel Messi here, and he looks more like Lionel Blair when you get there." <laughs> I've had lots of them. <laughs> oh boy, I've had lots of Wayne Rooney's, and I've gone and watched them. They're not Wayne Rooney's, but but yeah, you get loads, and you have to follow up because you know that them. It's like a dial. You could miss a dial. Mm. So I, I say, if, you, if you're not switched on, you could lose a, a player. So you've got to be switched on and, and follow everything up. Is it all Saturday morning school stuff, Sunday morning stuff for your scouts? Not a bit more than that. Now it's uh, it is Saturday, Sunday predominantly. Uh, the summer periods, it's, it could be every day of the week. Uh, we're, we're at at least twenty big tournaments every uh, weekend, and you, you're mobilising two hundred scouts every weekend. Hard work, uh, and then through the through the, the winter, we've got development centres all over the northwest. We're particularly strong now, strong as we've ever been in Manchester. Uh, not being biased, but I think we're the strongest club in Manchester. We seem to be getting the best Manchester boys. In fact, you know, I think we signed eight, eight Manchester boys this year alone in one age group, which we're doing really well there. Mm. Uh, it is hard, getting harder to find them talented boys. I think the pool's dried up uh, the last 10 or 12 years. It's, there's less and less kids playing. They've got more distractions with computers and that, so it's getting difficult. So that's why we have to branch out to Yorkshire, Manchester, Lancashire... Are we Yorkshire. Allowed, Yorkshire, <laughs> there are plenty of good players come out of Yorkshire. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Are we allowed to branch out into Europe at that age or anything? No. Uh, you can look at kids from yeah. Europe at 14 to 16. Okay. 
but you only allowed one week with them, so it's, it's difficult to make an assessment on that. But no, I mean, I'd like we'd like to keep it UK based, yeah. but you know, we're not soft. There's an outstanding talent out there. We we have to go for it. Whatever football club. Mm. Back in 1970-71, Everton were in the European Cup. A fella called Andy Rankin became the first goalkeeper to save a penalty in a European shootout. And the reason I mention him is because Andy Rankin was the last scouser to play in goal for Everton Football Club. Why aren't the young boys playing in goal round here? It may it may just be their idols. You know, local local players that come through tended to be Wayne, uh, like Wayne Rooney and. and uh, across the park, Steven Gerrard, that type of player they model themselves on, don't want to go and go. And that, you find that's the case. I, I've asked a lot of players who've signed for Everton's first team, how did they start their career? And Thomas Meyer was a good example. He got injured and went from a left back to a goalkeeper. Martin, he's only asking that question because uh, when he were at school and that, he weren't that good enough as an outfield <laughs> player. They used to put him in goal. <laughs> Is that right? Matt? They used to let me run the line. <laughs> <laughs> it's the greatest money-saving device, isn't it? Bringing your own players through at a football club. Oh, well, that's what we uh, pride ourselves on. We really do. Uh, the biggest that's ever come through an academy is obviously back at the club, Wayne Rooney. He's been an absolutely world, world-class player, and we developed him into that. All right, he had all the natural ability. Uh, you didn't need a scout really to go and find this young kid, but to develop him as a player as well uh, as a as a young kid from. When he, when he arrived at the club to when he made his debut, uh, the, the, the coaching staff have got a lot a lot to be thankful of. Um, he's now back at the club, he loves the club, and uh, yeah, the more, I'm not even a scouser, uh, I'm, a, I'm an adopted one, uh, but it gives me great pleasure uh, in seeing scousers play for Everton Football mm. Club. Well, and again, I think without the support of the club mm. and, and the investment they put in, we wouldn't get that, and after I mentioned Robert Elstone's being yeah. top notch, and you need he's always there and he'll support it because he understands the value of it. It is it's an investment, isn't it? We hope every single player we hope is an investment. Yeah, yeah. Most of the players uh, go on to play, have careers. I think in the last little uh, study we had in the last twelve years, anyone getting to sixteen, eighty-five percent have gone on to achieve a professional contract. Which is for me is outstanding. Martin, we love seeing that, don't yeah, we? Does. Can I just can I just say I think that's great from the top end of Everton Football Club, the chief exec and the chairman, etc. They they realise how important academy uh, players are to Everton Football Club. Now there's a lot of Premier League clubs that'd rather just buy players in to progress their first team. A lot don't care really about the academy. We do. Uh, we, we're big on it, and long may it continue. Martin, just finally, as well as your own professional work ethic, does it help that you are a staunch Evertonian? You want the best players for this football club? Yeah. Someone said, describe me as a, a, a big kid. When you want that toy, you want to get it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm out there getting that, the best player, and, and when I see one, you know, I think uh, Kenny Sweeney, the one from the Cheshire Supporters yeah. Club, once quoted on the radio that <clears throat> I'd run over my own granny to get the kid. <laughs> and he was right. <laughs> Well, there's plenty of good toys in the Everton box. Let's hope there's more to come. I've been uh, enjoying this podcast with Ian Snowden and Martin Waldron.